All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365 day returns. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Beebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 34 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, the final episode of the 2022 fantasy hockey season. It's been a great year for Daily Faceoff, a great year for the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Hopefully, we uh, have crowned a lot of champions this year. I was talking to the boys before we came live, or not live, but on air, um, about like some of the breakout candidates this season, realistically just being like the who's who uh, of the Daily Face-Off podcast. Fan, like, a lot of friends fans of, the of the show. Friends of the show, excuse me. Um, fans too, I Yeah, imagine. I would imagine so. But like friends of the show just having historical seasons for them career years across the board for a lot of them and uh so it was a good year for the daily face-off podcast but i'm your host brock segan we got dylan d Burstein and michael Beebs bondy with us for the final show of the year boys it's been a good year yes i uh i got to go watch carrie price get absolutely shelled on saturday um that was fun that just followed up our our, our advice from last week of don't play carrie price yeah um, he was actually pretty good, like for the first couple games. Yeah, and then uh, now his save percentage is like eight forty. Um, but yeah, no, it was it's uh for some reason I was in Ottawa and went to a game and it was the most um, I guess the most attended game of the year and the game meant absolute jack shit to either team. So uh, still trying to figure out why. Well, they wanted to see Brendan Gallagher and Timmy Stutzel. That was it. Head to head. It was atmosphere. It atmosphere. It was the best NHL game I've ever seen, which was crazy because like it, it meant nothing. It meant zero and. Uh, 
been to a good amount, but uh, who knew that an Ottawa-Montreal battle for the shit would be an f- absolute phenomenal game? Yeah, who yeah. knew? And uh, D, how you doing, bud? Doing good, man. Happy to be here. You always sound extremely thrilled to start the show. Hopefully, we'll bring up those spirits, talking about some some MVPs. I'm genuinely happy to be here. I just don't <laughs> wear my emotions on my sleeve all the time. <laughs> all right. Well, with that being said, uh, we are going to talk fantasy hockey awards today. Um, if you missed it, we also put out a poll to the fans good uh, and, and listeners to vote on all of these awards as well. So we're going to be giving you our voting. Um, so what we did was we voted the three of us on who we think should win each award. Um, our top five candidates at for each award and then uh, figured out who, who, win, who won the award for our voting purposes. And then we also are going to tell you who the fans you guys voted for um, for the same award. So we'll start with the Fantasy Hockey MVP. <laughs> and for the Daily Faceoff podcast this year, that was Connor McDavid. Uh, the voting was actually tied between himself and his teammate Leon Dreisaitl, uh, but with more first place votes, the fantasy hockey MVP this year is Connor McDavid, uh, followed mm. as I mentioned by Dreisaitl. Austin Matthews gets the bronze medal, um, and then you got Big Johnny McDavid. Finally, <laughs> some individual hardware for McDavid, the most prestigious award he's ever taken yeah. home, no doubt. The yeah. Daily Faceoff Fantasy Hockey MVP award. <laughs> so obviously, McDavid. Uh, you know, really just an outrageous year. He's actually set a career high in points this year. Um, 43 goals, 75 assists, 308 shots. Really uh, nice to see the the shot volume uh, from Connor McDavid this season. But, I mean, there's not really a whole lot you can say. He was basically the consensus number one overall pick this year. I think McKinnon probably made a pretty good case at the start of the season. But uh, McDavid, more often than not, the number one overall pick. So not all that surprising that come April 25th. Yeah, for those of you who are in the leagues where you're like, hey, you know, yeah, I'm taking McKinnon first, or I'm taking Kutrow first. I think I think we figured it out. You know, McDavid's the MVP. He's the number one. This is, what, year seven of this. Um, for our award show, probably year four of him winning the MVP just because we didn't have the awards before. Uh, so, yeah, so I think, you know, this obviously solidifies it. Not like it was ever really in question, but, you know, it's just like the NFL draft. People have time months before, so they're going to talk. Like, you know, this guy's going to do better than McDavid. It's not going to happen. Stick to your number one overall pick next year. Um, but uh, good to see him turn out. What a bonkers year. And we're actually hearing so much less about it than we did his year last year just because of all the other success around the league. So Yeah, there's been a lot of other big names having um, pretty outstanding seasons. I think, obviously, you've got um, Matthews and Dreisaitl kind of on the, the hunt for 60, which is something you don't see very often at all. I think that's overshadowed McDavid a little bit, but... Uh, I mean, there's not much really you can say more about the year that McDavid's had. Like, for him to set a career high in points, obviously there's kind of some outside factors that have, um, you know, ruined his chances of doing this earlier, but, uh, you know, probably going to be over 125 points this season. Yeah, I I ha- definitely has gone under the radar relatively, for sure. Yeah. I think it's just... usually it's just Connor, Connor, Connor. Yeah, Connor, I Connor. think, like, one, we've, we've come to expect it, which is kind of crazy just to expect, you know, 110 points uh, from a guy. It's like the LeBron um, effect almost. But, yeah, some of the happen. other guys that were up here, too, uh, aside from Leon, I would say, Matthews, obviously, as you said, creating a lot of stir with just the amount of goals he scored this season. Uh, and I think, obviously, you know, playing for the Maple Leafs naturally draws, drives the narrative as well. But even guys like Huberto and Goudreau um, having career years as well, 
uh, obviously, you know, two fantastic players in their own right, but, you know, not used to producing on the same level as Connor McDavid. So I think when that happens, they tend to draw more of the attention. Uh, and then, uh, like, actually, like, McDavid hasn't been as prolific as he was last season, right? Like, he's been incredible, yeah. as you said, career high in points. But he had 105 <laughs> points in just 56 games last season in the shortened season. So uh, he was actually on a, a slightly more prolific pace last season. So, again, that might have something to do with the lack of attention because, uh, yeah, he hasn't been, like I said, just quite as productive, but still the most productive player in the league. Uh, he can give you goals, obviously. You can basically bank on him to give you an assist every single game. Which is outrageous. Yeah, him and Huberto uh, are, were just so fantastic to own this year. I mean, obviously him, but Huberto especially as well because literally every single night it's like, okay, assist and because you know you're getting that assist. Yeah. And it's like, what else are we When you're playing against him, right? you're like, oh, two-point night? Nice. We made it yeah, out. We exactly. made it out, baby. You'll take it. You'll oh, take one it. of them's not a game winner? Nice. We're good. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that we didn't overlook Connor because I, I still think he was just the all-around the most consistent um, when he's been healthy, you know, obviously he hasn't had one uh, poor stretch at all this season. Uh, Matthews, by comparison, ha- hasn't either, but he has missed games like relatively. It's you know we're really obviously splitting hairs here. I think Matthews has missed five or yeah. six games. Certain people in the playoffs right now too. Yeah, and um, McDavid and Leon haven't missed yeah. one. Right, they played seventy-eight games each. Yeah. Um, and it's MVP well. all year. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Matthews as well. Uh, I think you know he's had a couple of stretches of five or six games without a goal. Uh, you know, he has the assists as well, but when the goals aren't there, he's obviously not on that elite level. Whereas, like I said, McDavid has just been there night in and night out season long. So I think for me, anyway, it was just the consistency that gave him the edge over Leon and then Matthews. No, I totally agree. And I, I actually had Leon ahead of him. One, one reason, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and you were splitting hairs here. And also I just like to be a little shit. Um, but no, for Leon, it was 11 game winning goals. I, I've never seen that. I'm not sure what a record is in the year for game winning goals, but you ought to assume that's up there. That's just wild. Um, also, it depends on a league, though. If you're in a league that doesn't have game-winning goals, that doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Where I, me and D, we play in two different leagues where that's a whole category. So Leon's almost single-handedly taking that. With that said, McDavid still has, I believe, nine. Um, so it's not like, you know, you're getting two more. <laughs> um, but when we talk about goalies later, it's kind of like reminds me of shutouts almost, where it's like that's a category that's just so, I don't know. It's just one where it's so thin. But at the same time, I'm also I just wanted to well, go so against arbitrary. McDavid. Who's yeah. going to score a yeah. game-winning goal on any and, single? Exactly. But that is yeah. why I had Leona. Uh, you know, that's why I thought about having Leona that number one spot. Leon's I didn't pull the trigger. So nuts. Yeah, so good, and that's why um, you know I, I did put him ahead of Matthews because even though Matthews had more goals, he obviously had a uh, a lot more assists to make up for it. I think it was 15 to 20 more assists. 50, 53 assists for Leon, um, and then Matthews has 46. Yeah. So. I think um, if we were going to factor in ADP here, um, you know, if you really wanted to say like which one of these guys was the the best bargain, would you would you say that it was Johnny Gaudreau? Like, I mean, oh yeah, fifty yeah. fourth overall. Yeah, out of our, well, you could read off our short list here. Yeah, so we had McDavid, Drysaddle, Matthews, Gaudreau, McCarr, Huberto, Ovechkin, Kreider, Kaprizov, Kachuk. Uh, probably could have included Shesterkin in there as yeah. well if yeah. you wanted to talk goalies a little bit more. Goudreau and Kreider, I think, as far as like like steals, yeah, like Goudreau going fifty fourth overall and having the year that he did on average, obviously fifty fourth. That is, um, he was just absolutely insane all season long. I don't know where he is on this list right now. Can you see him? I, I'm trying uh, to find his numbers. No, because you're on you're on uh, preseason rank right now. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Goudreau right now thirty nine goals, seventy two assists, sixty one plus minus. 61. It's insane to be a plus yeah. 61. But, uh, you know, 25 power play points, 256 shots on goal. He was really good across the board. Uh, a lot of the talk about him maybe, you know, on the decline, that boy is going to get paid. Yeah. I And honestly, when I, I think I, I 
when I first saw Kachuk on there as well, and obviously I was aware of how great of a season he was having, I thought I was going to have to give him some consideration as well, but his hits actually weren't really there this season. Um, you know, just 88 for Matt Kachuk, which is a little surprising. So it didn't quite bring the value that we're yeah. used to expecting to get out of him in banger him, leagues, but he was crazy. just phenomenal all around. So we made up for it. But yeah, so Matthew Kachuk, I think is worth of a shout out as well because 40 goals and 61 assists is fantastic for him. Uh, but unfortunately, it did come at the cost of the hits that we're so used to getting out of him. Yeah, I tweeted about it the other day. Um, I just wanted to give him a, bit, a brief shout out here because we're not really going to talk about him on today's show, but. Has anybody ever had a quieter 90-point season than JT Miller? Oh, man. 30 goals, 66 assists, but then not to mention 200 shots and 170 hits. He's got more hits than Ovechkin. He's got more hits than Chris Kreider. Like, those other guys that are in that kind of elite tier of right. guys that yeah. can, can produce and 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 also bang the body. Yeah, yeah Svechnikov, 186. It's like he's up there with these these high, you know, upper echelon guys. Like, we talked about how Ovechkin's always, like, one of the only guys that could maybe get you the 250 shots and 200 hits. Like, it's rarefied air no. to be up... Um, and then the fact that Miller, you know, where he was drafted, uh, 93 points, 200 shots, 170 hits if you're in a banger league. He was just outrageous. But I just felt like nobody's really talked. I know when I tweeted it out, people said, like, if you're in the Vancouver market, that's, he's literally the only guy we talk about, um, which is fair. But, like, outside, in the, outside of Vancouver, the fact that this guy has 93 points, yeah. like, if you ask the average fan how many points do you think JT Miller has this year, they'd be, like, 65. Well, I, th- <laughs> I think his value really got hurt by the trade deadline talk. So many people, when you hear a trade deadline piece, you think it's someone who's struggling it's or someone that who's he not was that. Even, like, available, right? And he was, like, the number one guy, and they kept saying, oh, yeah, JT Miller getting moved, getting moved. And also, it's kind of insane he's doing this while all the other pieces aren't necessarily working. Like, like if Elias Pedersen... recently, but... Yeah, but if Elias Pedersen, you know, could be Elias Pedersen, what is JT Miller? Uh, uh, buck 10 points, maybe? I don't know. Not, yeah. not that, but it, it, it would help... Um, I, I think this is the most disrespected player in hockey we've seen in a long time. Um, and, and, and this is another dude during the last week, I believe it was your second last week before playoffs started. He put up an absolute monster week. Those were weeks when teams needed to win. So you're loving JT Miller at that point. Um, well, yeah, the Canucks are on that heater. Like you're right. If, if, uh, Elias Pedersen had played like he had for the last two months, for the whole season, yeah. It, yeah. Who knows? That's like would be the five or here. six more power. Play well, that points. was yeah, yeah. That was probably the question we got asked the most. Was basically just it was always about Pedersen, uh, and that extended to Besser too, obviously. But mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, that too. Yeah, just when are they? You know, can we hold on to these guys? Should we? You know, exactly when is the time <laughs> to let them go? And obviously, we were talking about you know in redraft leagues, you still have to hold on to these guys. Pedersen obviously way more than Besser, uh, but yeah, who knows? Obviously, what Miller would have been able to accomplish, but. Incredible season. It certainly helps when you're on a team that doesn't have the puck a lot when you're, you know, that kind of player who likes to throw the body around. It's going to inflate the numbers. I'm sure that drove Kachuk's numbers yep. down as well because their possession was up a ton from just where they're at. Last like they season. dominated the puck all season yeah. long. Yeah. yeah. He's so it's just start giving the puck to the team. Yeah. Right? And uh, uh, like, yeah, it's just hard to get a hit if the other team hit. doesn't have the puck, especially, you know, I mean, it's supposed to be a, a body check in the NHL is supposed to be a hit that, you know, causes a turnover in possession, um, whether or not it's always scored that way. Is certainly up for debate, but I think who was it a couple of years ago? Um, like the Rangers always seem notorious for having like their score would inflate those kind mm-hmm. of arbitrary stats. But uh, the fan votes, you guys at home gave thirty eight point six percent of the vote your MVP to Austin Matthews. Uh, second was Jonathan Huberto, eighteen point two percent of the vote, and Connor McDavid at thirteen point six was third. Um, I it's guess- a boring answer. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it would no doubt it is. I think uh, we might have some Leaf fans that listen yeah, to the pod, but for sure. you know, you know, it's good. To, thank yeah, you for. It's, I'm glad you guys voted, so I'm not going to complain. I think it would be um, in poor taste of us to to not talk a little bit about Jonathan Huberto in this MVP conversation. Yeah, he's certainly up there. 
Um, I would imagine, you know, him and Gaudreau, in terms of if we if we were voting on who the best winger was this season, would be one, two, you know, I think I would maybe have Huberto uh, one, you guys might have Gaudreau one, it would, they'd be pretty much interchangeable, um, but set a, set a record for the most assists in an NHL season uh, by a winger, or a left winger, I believe it is, 85 assists, currently leads the NHL at, in that uh, category, 115 points, he's been absolutely outstanding, as you mentioned, you know, basically an assist every single night. 85 and 79 is absolutely bonkers. The Panthers are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the uh, playoffs. Let's talk now about the best goalie. We'll go to the fan vote here first. And the overwhelming winner was Igor Shesterkin, garnering 47.7% of the votes. Second place was Jacob Markstrom, 27.3% of the votes. And in third, 9.1% of the votes, UC Soros. So, um... The top two, certainly the same for us. Igor Shosturkin takes home the best goalie award for the 2022 fantasy hockey season, followed closely by Jacob Markstrom. Dylan and I both had Shosturkin at one and Markstrom at two. Biebs, you flip-flopped them. Um, I know you were saying a little bit of that had to do with where you got Jacob Markstrom on draft day, um, and that's certainly warranted. I remember um, during our preseason goalies episode, we talked about Bonkers. how um, Markstrom was going far, far too late. And just to quickly remind you as to where he was being picked, he was 134th overall, um, going behind guys like Mike Smith, <laughs> Carter Hart, Mackenzie Blackwood, Kevin Lankinen, <laughs> Um, Peter Mrazik, <laughs> Jordan Bennington, Spencer Knight, oh Carey Price, who didn't play all season, God. and the list goes on <laughs> and on. Um, when you look at this list, too, I mean, the disrespect that Sergei Bobrovsky was facing in the preseason was absolutely ridiculous. 115th overall. Uh, when Leads Spencer, the league and wins. Yeah, yeah. Well, Knight no one expected the Panthers to be quite this good either. We, th- we knew they were a good team, but... but they've been, yeah, they never put it together. And and also, just a very... Together. Very tough division to compete yeah. in for 82 games, right? So for them to be able to do that in that division, well, I, coming in too, like Knight was an apparent 925 yeah. goalie, and then he was like, "Hey guys, I'm actually at 895 this year." And um, that was a legitimate concern that turned out to be true, like Knight eating into his starts, but it didn't matter yeah, from a you know a stat line yeah. perspective because well, they win every night. Yeah, Markstrom won 90 percent of his starts, so well, or well, not Markstrom, excuse me. What is it? Bob hasn't lost in like. 10 games or something. I forget what it is. And he's let in like four goals in a couple of those. Yeah, he's just, like, they just win 5-4. Yeah, he's like Eric Chalgren. It really doesn't matter how well he plays. Hey, I'm, I'm impressed with Chalgren. <laughs> good enough, right? That's what we yeah, rocked yeah. talking about last week. Just good four enough. Doesn't blow can, it like Peter Mrazek. It so. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. There's something to be said for we that. We literally sure. looked up the, the stat lines of Peter Mrazek. It was like if he gave up three, they, he won, three or less, he won the game every time. And then if he gave up four plus, it was over. Um, so yeah. For me, Shesterkin was my number one. Um, I mean, obviously, for obvious reasons. Yeah. But to me, um, I actually had a league where I had Shesterkin and Markstrom both on that team. Um, <laughs> I also had Huberto and Matthews and somehow didn't win the league. I was wow. about to say, are you alive? Like, how are yeah. you not alive right now? I also had Sidney Crosby and Elias Lindholm. Poor team management. Yeah, terrible no, team management. No, I just, honestly, um, <laughs> lost by a hair in the semifinals because Matthews and Line A both and like, missed, missed the Robert weekend. Thomas was probably on the other guy's team or something. He actually I think, was. I yeah. think Gorgia. Yeah. Too, too easy. Started a couple games that week. For yeah, you're just starting down the stretch. Um, but yeah, for me, owning both of them, Markstrom, for as many shutouts as he had, which was, I think, nine. Ridiculous. Um, nine. He he had a lot of a pretty bad games as well. That, yeah. He had a couple more Early. blow-ups than Shesterkin yeah, did. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. that Shesterkin didn't really have any. Right? Yeah, that so, was it. Yeah. yeah that, and that was my only thinking, Beavs. And I, I did go back and forth on a long time, too, just because those shutouts are huge. Yeah. Obviously, Shesterkin had a handful as well. 
Um, but yeah, in points leagues, uh, almost always there's a bonus for shutouts. Obviously in category leagues, it's usually there as well, and it's a very difficult category to win. Uh, and then in roto leagues, of course, as long as it's a category, it's very valuable as well. So for me, I really did consider Marks from there. Shesterkin with the slightly better splits. And uh, again, I really, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, well, I know you guys don't play in any roto league. So I just looked at nope. this from a sheer matchup perspective. So consistency was really important for me because uh, it really just didn't matter what the end stat line was. It was more about what you gave week in and week out, right? How many matchups did you win me? How many matchups did you cost me? And Markstrom probably did obviously win a lot more than he cost you, but he did have some very volatile starts at the beginning of the year that I think could have cost the people at probably a week after he convincingly won a matchup with two or three shutouts, right? He was that volatile. He was early like in that. I, was yeah. say, I totally kept that in consideration. The one thing that swung it for me, because that was actually going to be my, my factor. And then it was just these last couple weeks. He's mm-hmm. just like kind of gone freak mode. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, you know, if, if you're talking consistency, how are you going to argue with a 936? That yeah. is fucked. Ridiculous. Also, that's got to be another record, right? If he, if he finished that, we're like, we're just going to see records at the end of this year. I got to assume game winning goals, a 936 has to be the highest we've ever seen from a goalie. It would, yeah, I, there's, yeah, it's got to be above a certain amount. I yeah. think, I think if there's min 20, then you probably have some yeah. random like Andrew Hammond stuff. back yeah. in. Exactly. But if we're talking like mid 40 starts, then I'm, I'm sure crazy. it's got to be up there among the best the best ever. But yeah, even nine shutouts. I think that that has to be right there too. Like the and and nine shutouts in a in a league that's scoring at an all-time high is just yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, um, it's just an outstanding stat to to think about. Yeah, it, it was just the uh three extra more above Shesterkin again. Like it just depends on how you weigh shutouts. So if you weigh them less, Shesterkin's better. And, and again, like, I'm like, like choosing. I said, yeah. If I had like owning both of them, I I certainly felt more comfortable. Um Oh, you definitely be more comfortable with Shesterkin than Markstrom. Yeah. I just counted them up in in terms of games allowing four plus goals. Uh, it actually happened to Markstrom thirteen times this season, and six for Shesterkin. Okay, so um, I'm surprised Shesterkin was, was even that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Eh? Exactly. And, well, and two of them or three of them were like lately right? in March and April. Yeah. So yeah. like like a lot more frequently as of late. But yeah, before that, and then like the other two were like the first two weeks of the season. And then after that, he was like, you guys literally can't score um, on me. <laughs> Imagine um, if you traded low for that, like week one. After that, after like those two were so clearly one, two. How um, fucked is it was, though? We're talking Markstrom is a one, two, like, 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 like they were, they were dude, like the team. I think that's why like, I had to choose it. Cause I was like, I can't believe I'm picking yeah. Markstrom here. Well, you what? look, you look at, you look at that Lindholm, Kachuk and, and, and Gaudreau line. Like, like we said earlier, like, Gaudreau was a plus 61. Um, I don't have the actual numbers in front of me. I, I, I'll get them while I, I throw it over to you guys here in a second. But, like, the amount of goals that that line scored, as opposed to giving up, like, their goal differential on the season was insane. Like, so when you're playing on a team that is that good, like, it's not hard to be... Yeah, and that's always been his biggest asset is his uh, stability, right? Like, he's... And his endurance. Like, he's always been a workhorse. Like, starting 65, 70 games every year in Vancouver. So. And, and even down the stretch here, like... Everyone's like, why is this guy still in that? Like, they, they literally just wouldn't let Vladar start. Like, Markstrom was in the pipes every single night, back-to-backs. Like, I don't know how many back-to-backs he started this year. Yeah. I feel like it was the most in the league. It had to be. Him and Hellebuck had to have been fighting for that award for sure. Um, and Nico Dawes. Yeah, oh, Nico Dawes. <laughs> in the last couple months, it was for sure Nico Dawes. Um, after these guys, there, there's obviously been some terrific seasons, but I think it does drop off a little bit. you got Frederick Anderson, who's been great. Um, obviously, an outstanding start. He's been great all year. I think he's cooled off a little bit, I'd say, over the last few months, but still very, very good. I think he was our clear-cut number three um, goaltender of the year. Then you got Darcy Kemper, UC Saros, Andre Vasilevsky. They're probably in a tier of their own. And then you've got kind of guys who are in a little bit more of a platoon role, which is Billy Huso, 
Sergei Bobrovsky, Ilya Sorokin, and Tristan Jari, obviously injured. But um, all three of those guys, all, excuse me, all four of those guys certainly got the better of their of their um, the goalie share this year. And uh, Vilya Huso we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But he was obviously just an outstanding Yeah, I think addition. if Huso's the, hardy, the starter for all 82 games, yeah. he, he probably cracks that top five yeah. easily. I didn't just give him love. It was just like because of anyone you know, changed the goalie scene. I, I just haven't seen it happen in, in that amount of, of time. But but at the same time, like you said, you yeah. know, it's, I it's was way too here. much of a hard ass about it. And I was like, he was literally useless for the first half of the season. So I can't have him in my top five, but, but I mean, second did half, he ever take second half of the teams, season. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He was, I, he was a top three goalie. Yeah, I, say, sure. I don't remember a time when you could just grab a goalie that would absolutely change like your year. I, honestly, wild, like, I could tell you the last one. It was probably Bennington. Yeah, he came up yeah. the same time in January, won went, like, 20, 20 starts in a row. And I picked him up in, and one our league that year, probably, so yeah, yeah, he was probably the last one where, where like it Jake Ottinger, yeah. Or not, yeah. Other than that, there's like nothing I can think of that yeah. could actually move a team. Pretty crazy. Just to uh, go back to my stat there: Gaudreau, Lindholm, Monahan, or Monahan, jeez, Gaudreau, Lindholm, <laughs> Kachuk, uh, together this year at five v five, seventy goals for. 30 goals against Whew. a plus 40 goal differential for Kachuk, Lindholm, and Goudreau. Sorry, my hand. Decent. What's pretty crazy, too, about Goudreau's, like, plus 61 is, is, is you know, like, Colorado's players have, you know, crazy plus, but you can name every single defenseman on that back end. Who the fuck's, like, obviously we can. You got Rasmus Anderson. You got, you got, you got pieces, but you don't have, like, you don't have an A. Like, there, I, I would rather have four of Toronto. Noah Hannafin's been outstanding yeah. this year. Anderson's been great. Like, obviously, no one's Chilliton, about that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But, like, yeah, they, it, it's a little bit more of a, a no-name. Like, everybody laughed at them when they brought in, like, Eric Goodbrant, uh, Goodbranson and uh, Nikita Such a good Zadorov. Yeah. Yep. And, Goodbranson, uh, I think, is a great move. Zadorov, and, and, yeah. and both of them have been have been great for them yeah. this year. Yeah. They, you use guys like that, right? They're both. It, it works. I think it was Zadorov, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't doubt yourself. Yeah. Definitely wasn't Zaitsev. So. No. <laughs> Best defenseman, speaking of defensemen, they, none of them play for the Calgary Flames, but uh, there were some big names. Um, I think there's a clear-cut one, two, um, and then a clear-cut three, and that's the way we voted here. Uh, Roman Yossi wins the Defenseman of the Year award for the Daily Faceoff podcast. By a hair. With Ooh. Kale McCarr coming in second. Again. It was tough, man. Dylan and I uh, with Roman Yossi at uh, one yeah. and this is a crazy Kale McCarr choice. at two. <laughs> And then it he, is, man. It's can tough. we give one A, one B, just because they're so fucking good? Like, what a year by both. I was driving by, like, I was driving here thinking about it. I was like, maybe I would rather have yeah. the goals than the points. You know what I mean? That's what it is. It's what it is. It is a goals. pretty stark difference yeah. in both regards at this point. But I know we said we were gonna kind of keep ADP out of it, um, but for me, that was kind of just the way I broke the tie because they are so similar that I was like, which one would I get later? Um, and it obviously would have been Yossi. I think the other reason was because. And this is a pure pride move on myself, but I was like the only site on the earth that had this guy as high as, like, I think I had him higher than any other site that there was out yeah. there um, this year. Everybody was really low on him, and I was like, it's motherfucking Roman Yossi still. Yeah. He's been incredible for years. So for me, the fact that he still popped off, um, it felt really good personally. So <laughs> I, I, I just was like, you know it's what, if I man. have the option to put this guy at number one defenseman overall, I'm going to take that. I'm gonna, you know, take my victory lap, and then we'll. Uh, no, I've I've been chat making I've making the case for you know when the people are doing what they're doing, and if there's ever someone who did 
things at the right time. It's Roman Yossi. Like, no one has been this hot on the back end ever during, you know, prime playoff months. I really hope he wins the Norris. I really don't. But um, <laughs> but I think he will because, you know, Makar will be back. But how many years are we going to go through this where, oh, Makar will be back and yeah. then just get second again because Adam Fox I think it undeservedly be, I think it'd be wins fun. it? I think he'd be funny if they just keep getting I Yeah. But, uh, give Makar a second. Yeah. No, he'd probably, probably right. But, no, yeah, for me. Just like we did. For me, I was a clear different. And, uh, again, just like you said, you know, I just value goals a little bit higher. They're both performing at just a bonkers level. Um, McCarr's 33 power play points. Pretty hell wild. Six game winners. That's another one for him. He has less power play points than Uh, Yossi. Yossi I know. I believe it. Um, Which is crazy because, like, we talk about all the time how bad that national power play was for years. Now this year, they're great. Well, it's almost like the difference between anyone breaking that terrible, like, no one having a point per game thing was actually getting a good power play. So, yeah. If they had this power play, like, three or four years ago, they, they probably, probably would have won, won a cup. Yeah. 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 And Detroit probably would have yeah. never got past them. They, yeah. They were literally, like, habitually earning 100 points with, like, a 10% power play. They were so bad in the power play. Yeah. Um, Who knew? To me, the real only difference here is plus minus, which Makar is much better yeah. in. And I was not allowed to let that be my difference maker. So, sure. I'm like, my difference maker will be my pride over plus minus any day of the week. But realistically, you got Mikhail. Uh, Mikhail. You got Makar at uh, 27 goals, Yossi at 21. Makar at 58 assists, Yossi at 70. Uh, power play points, 33 and 36, for, uh, led by Yossi there. He also led the shots, um, and then hits were pretty similar. Uh, Makar, 91, Yossi, 62. How many GWGs for Roman? I don't know, but I'm, either way, uh, the see. fans will let the fans really break the tie, and it was overwhelmingly Kale. Just kidding. It was Roman Yossi. 29. 65.9% <laughs> like, of the votes for Roman Yossi. 22.7% of the votes for Kale McCarr. Nobody else really even getting a vote. But, I mean, there was, you know, 2.3% Chris Letang. I mean, how could you even possibly vote for Good anything? Good thing we guys? voted. Someone voted Charlie McAvoy. I mean, he had a great year. But Okay. The one guy I do want to talk about before we move on. Obviously, Victor Hedman was number three for us, um, but Aaron Ekblad oh, still crazy. has as good of numbers as almost all of these guys, and he hasn't played in forever. Yeah, I actually put on my thing, I put if Ekblad stays healthy, I think he's a clear I think he would three. too, yeah. I'd if like, not in there for that one too, his goals are crazy. It's out of hand. Yeah. Six, like, I think he at least moves into that top tier. I, I left him out, like, you know, obviously because he got injured, which mm-hmm. is like, yeah. felt bad about it, but... Um, yeah, like went I, to our high school. You don't want to ever want to leave yeah, them out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, fought, all, all the other guys I had in the top five all had over seventy points, which is we, two game for, winners for Roman Yossi, by the way. Yeah. So Kale's got him by four. If you look at Aaron Ekblad, he go. has better numbers than Adam Fox. No, it's crazy. And Adam Fox he has more goals. Fox season. has like sixty assists. It's fair. It's, I would, <laughs> Fox has fifteen more points, but it's close enough. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that was my decision was between Fox at 5 or Ekblad at 5. Just to go back to another reason why I didn't win the championship in that league is because I had Aaron Ekblad just sitting in my IR. Another reason why I didn't it was bullshit. Is it a redraft league? Dom- that was the most dominant. No, it's a keeper league. I'm, my, okay, my team is insane. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you had him at 5 though, Beeps, because I, I definitely wanted to, but I had, I had to, five g- had to give him some love just yet. Yeah. I, I didn't really bring the injuries as much in because the way I kind of took it was like if you had him you just probably let him go and then you picked up whoever was hot Justin Falk whatever so might not but at the same time like if we're talking full season if we are bringing injuries into it he definitely falls out yeah I I I had to the way I was thinking at it right because again I'm looking at a matchup perspective that's like you know we're going on probably 12-13 matchups now where Ekblad hasn't obviously been able to help you at all no fault of his own we need him to stay healthy for a year yeah Yeah. just to see what happens stop drinking that Windsor water Aaron yeah and uh we're doing this. We're better. doing these with the full benefit of hindsight, right? So unfortunately, that definitely played a part in his ranking here. Moving on, we've got the biggest draft steal. A lot of these guys we've already talked about, and our winner he 
narrowly lost out to Igor Shosturkin, but our biggest draft steal of the year was Jacob Markstrom at 134.4, as we mentioned earlier. Um, Biebs and I had him as our number two biggest draft steal. Dylan had him at number one, giving him the overall lead and the biggest draft steal of the year. Uh, number two is Chris Kreider, who we'll talk about here in a second. 152.2. Biebs is number one overall draft steal on the season. And then number three was Johnny Gaudreau, my number one overall draft steal of the season at 54.5. Then Roman Yossi. So a lot of guys we've already talked about. So let's focus in here on Chris Kreider, as we've already talked about our biggest draft steal, Jacob Markstrom, quite a bit. And Chris Kreider, obviously an insane, insane season. Yeah, we talked about him a lot. Um, obviously, um, you know, he was drafted in 99% of leagues and his ADP was 151. So in almost every single league, you got him at the very bottom of your roster and he went just nuts. 51 goals, but still just 24 assists, which is the one reason why we, we continuously push to trade high on him, uh, or sell high on him because the assists just weren't, or, or never really going to be there, but 51 Nothing goals, to fall back. Uh, yeah, right? just, just outrageous performance from him down the stretch. Um, you know, has cooled off a little bit. Obviously, really couldn't continue that ridiculous pace that he Ooh. had going. Um, you know, in the second half of the season, he scored 18 goals. So, you know, it's not bad. It's, it's still, still good. He's still it's, cooking. It's still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, 18 goals, 10 assists in his last 32 games. So he's cooled off a little bit, but just um, relative. Yeah, that's hot for Chris Crowder. It's though. still, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At 154, you would have taken that pace for the whole season and been just fine with yeah. it. So, well, isn't this like, like how much is this OVC? Season from like four years ago, where this, this is what you, Ovi did every year. He gave us fifty and twenty or fifty and thirty, and we loved it. And he was a top ten pick, so it's just it's crazy to be saying you know Kreider's pulling an Ovi right now, um, but he is like fifty tucks is absolutely bonkers. And I think I had to give him a little bit more respect because myself included, we all said you know sell high on Chris, he's gonna stop, and he really hasn't. Like if you had him this whole year, you're just loving it. I and, still uh, think it was the move. Like, for, oh yeah, for some of the offers that people were getting. Well, I did. Well, we right? talked about my Thank buddy God. traded yeah. Chris Kreider yeah. for Alexander Barkov in a right. league. Yeah, it was definitely the move. Right. Yeah, I, I I partially moved him as one of the main pieces in a Bobrovsky deal, and like for that, I'm like, God bless you, Chris Kreider. I love you. Um, yeah. But like, still shot twenty point five percent. Yeah. Just a ridiculous year. Yeah. Like <laughs> two hundred and fifty shots on net too. I mean, you're getting high production there. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, Kreider's he's another one with eleven game winning goals. He's too. already like. The most identifiable, bu- identifiable bus for next season. Right? Oh, absolutely! Like, like we'll just we're just gonna lock. Like, where's he? In, go- yeah. Where's he going? Like top top fifty? Yeah. Well, because that's the issue, right? Like he's still gonna need. He will. He yeah. like the shot volume. Hopefully, will continue with where it's where it was at this season. That's mm-hmm. the hope that he's still around three shots a game. But yeah, even to still be at like forty goals, um, you know, thirty five to forty, yes, which is where he needs to be with the assist 18%? that he has. Because if he's around thirty goals, like he's waiver yeah. fodder, he's gonna be. It's just the reality of it. Uh, he's still going to need to shoot like 14, 15% minimum, right? Which is his career average. Uh, but again, just leaves no room for error, right? Like if he cold start, anything, it's just going to be a rough year. Obviously, um, where he so goes yeah. in the draft will determine exactly how high or low yeah. we are on him. But if he's going top 50, he is as risky as it gets. Yeah, everybody's got a price, right? But yeah, yeah. it totally depends on where he ends up. I will sure. tell you, I will definitely take a safer pick. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Right. But I mean... This season, like absolutely ridiculous to just get fifty-one goals at the end of your draft. Yeah. It's absurd. It's not. It's nuts. That's yeah. Yeah. For me, like, I, and again, like, probably a, a little bit biased. Just in my the majority of the leagues that I play in are all ca- are category leagues. Um. So just the goalie stats matter so much, and to be able to get you know nine shutouts, at, like we all agreed, one of the two best goalies in the NHL. Again, almost at the bottom of your draft. Like you could have set up your team 
any way you wanted and then fallen back and had Markstrom one of the best goalies in the yeah, league, right? Still so, taking weeks. Like, yeah. yeah, I think there's so many leagues that were just won by teams who set up to like almost punt goalie stats or like, okay, I'll try to take wins every week, right? I'll get workhorses like Markstrom. Uh, and then they ended up just absolutely running away with their leagues because of how good this guy was. So that's why I had Markstrom above Kreider, but they're both phenomenal, no, it, both ridiculous value this year. It, it was tough for me too because I actually had, I was the one who had Markstrom above Shesterkin in my goalie ranking. So for me to actually have him second here just shows how wild that you know those 51 tucks but when you put it your way there d kind of you know you swing me i'm Maybe. like hey you know what i can make a case for mark from here um but yeah no i mean we're both looking it's crazy to think these are like draft steals um and we're talking about you know top 10 players here I yeah believe. yeah I think like the reason I had Markstrom number one was because the goalie stat the goalie category is is so hard right like to to fill those yeah. and like that that position with a reliable player is so tough and we saw so many busts too that like, well, so like goaltending busts that it's like it almost makes it that much more valuable yeah. like and there's so few good ones in the NHL where we just talked about a few minutes ago how many 40 goal scorers there are this year it's insane there's so many so like if you missed out on chris Kreider, the chances of you having one right. of these other guys we're about to mention especially if you listen to this podcast were pretty high and if you had markstrom and you didn't get Kreider, but you had philip forsberg you're you're probably better off right um but Kreider, nothing to take away from him they've been out, outstanding uh none of these guys were the top draft steals, but we have to mention them because, as I said at the top, friends of the show um, and, and just outstanding seasons for all of them, particularly as of late. Uh, Philip Forsberg, 123rd overall. He has 40 goals and 40 assists. This is a guy that I've been saying has 40-40 potential for like five years now, and he constantly uh, made me look like a fool. Finally living up to it. He also won me, what was it, a case of beer, Biebs? I don't know. We're going to have to go think, back on that one. I think it was Casey Beard. <laughs> we'll have to go back and check Phil that. Phil Forsberg against Oliver Bjorkstrand. Absolutely cleaned the floor with yeah. him. Uh, our fellow, not fellow, because we're not Swiss at all, but we wish we were. Fellow Swiss, Timo Meyer. Uh, obviously, you know, it was also. I don't know goals. if there's ever been a player that we've talked more about uh, on this show, but an outstanding season for him as well. Uh, really bouncing back from 31 points in 54 games a season ago. 35 goals, 41 assists, 76 points in 74 games this season. He's really um, just had a really consistent season all year long. Um, you know, fantastic hockey player. Just an outstanding hockey player for sure. Kevin Fiala, um, I tweeted about it yesterday on, I think it was December 4th, I said, you guys need to buy low right now on Kevin Fiala because he just couldn't get anything to go his way. Since then, he's been a top 20 scorer in the NHL, and he's been just insane. Just, like, if you have Kevin Fiala right now, like, he's probably, like, if you have Kevin Fiala and Robert Thomas on your team, you're single, they're single-handedly winning you uh, a fantasy championship. Those are the two guys that were on the team that I lost to last week as well, just to uh, further why I lost in that league. But Both just, leagues I'm in the finals, I had Fiala, and I traded Fiala. Yeah, so, that's, it, you hate probably could have used that right now, but... You know, uh, in his last ten games, he has twenty three points. I'm fully convinced that this dude waits until he's off my team because when he first heated up two years ago, I had him all year, traded him. After that, he went he went nuts. We became a fan, rescooped <laughs> him up, had an off year. Here I, he goes. I tweeted December fourth. What a free trade by low on Kevin Fiala. Since that time, he has thirty goals, thirty nine assists, sixty nine points in fifty five games. So I hope y'all listen. Good thing I have Cam fucking Atkinson. Yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> You might have just lost your spot on the show. I know. Um, 
And then the last one was Pavel Buchnevich, 163rd overall. Uh, a trade that I think that the Rangers are probably regretting at this moment in time. But Buchnevich, um, another part of that Vladimir Tarasenko, Robert Thomas trio that's been together for most of the season. He's been ridiculous. Scored 30 goals for the first time in his career. 45 assists, both career highs, 75 points overall. Um, just been an outstanding year for uh, Buchnevich, and a lot, uh, it, a lot of it just obviously has to do with a, a really good line that he's playing on, playing with one of the best passers in the NHL in Robert Thomas, and uh, but really no red flags for Buchnevich either. So this is certainly somebody that I, I, I think I could rely on and, and be pretty comfortable drafting next season. Yeah, and he did. I mean, not to the same degree, but 48 points in 54 games last season with the Rangers, um, in a very similar role. <laughs> Top six, not quite getting all the juiciest minutes, but still producing, right? So, um, yeah, that's super encouraging, right? Because, like you said, no red flags in the numbers, but to also see him uh, not only repeat that in a completely different situation, but also better it a little bit. Uh, yeah, definitely feeling really good about Buchnevich moving forward. And I, I still think there's a good chance that next season he ends up being good value on draft day because I don't think his name value is quite caught up with what he's done the last couple of seasons. And uh, just a couple more players, just to give quick shout-outs to the other guys that made our shortlist on the draft steal list. Uh, Elias Lindholm, 82.4, obviously playing on that outstanding line. He was had a ridiculously good year. 82.4 uh, is far too late for the production that he brought to the table. He, it wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, you're going to see Goudreau and Kachuk shoot up the draft rankings next year. It wouldn't be surprising if Elias Lindholm is still a bit of a steal next year. Which is I crazy, still don't think that like his consistent. name... Yeah, like for years. Oh, every this isn't year. just like a new thing. No, and I, I, I don't think that his name carries a ton of weight there. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a huge steal next year as well. The last one, not nearly as big of a steal as Jacob Markstrom, but Tristan Jari at 113. Uh, just a, you know, a couple rounds later yeah. than Markstrom has been very, very good as well. So That's uh, a guy who, you know, we were, I think, a midseason show. We were talking about goalie of the year. So just like Jari's kind of slowed down. If he would have kept that going, he would have really... Really made an impact here, but I think that also goes to show, you know, just how much draft steals we had that Jari's fifth while being, you know, a top 10 goalie unexpectedly. So The fan vote. Chris Kreider garnered 50% of the votes as the biggest draft steal, so congratulations to Chris. And surprisingly enough, Jacob Marshall really not garnering a lot of the, of the votes here. Second, maybe it's just friends of the show because they voted for a friend of the show. Yes. Timo Meyer as the second biggest Ooh. draft steal. Only 2.3% of the vote for Markstrom, so people are really not seeing a whole lot of value there. So basically just Kreider and Timo Meyer getting the majority of the vote. So I'm sure people were also privy to the people they drafted on their own teams. Yeah, uh, certainly. And listeners of the show, definitely more likely to roster Timo Meyer than the average fantasy hockey player. I would, so. I would not be Smart surprised people. there. Yeah. Uh, all right, number one fantasy, our free agent pickup of the season. Uh, our shortlist was a little bit longer here. We're not going to talk about all of them because there are some outstanding But name seasons. them all. They all deserve yeah, we'll, to be named. I'll, I'll Name yeah. them all here, and uh, we'll talk about our top dogs as we go here. So, number one overall was Nazem Kadri. Uh, me and Dylan both had him at number one. I was harsh on the Avs. That's the second That's category a- where I've gone less on the Avs than than you guys. Goalies as well. You guys had Darcy. I didn't yet. You were high in McCarr, though, but not high. I mean, that was a toss. Yeah. Uh, Kadri, number one. Number two pickup overall, we've got Matt Duchesne. Um, and then Vili Huso, number three, were our top three vote-getters. Um, in terms of the voting, 13, 12, and 11. So it was tight race among the top three there for us. But uh, some of the other outrageous pickups, Matt Zuccarello, we talked about how well, his own percentage just made no sense all season long. Still doesn't. Uh, still doesn't really. Age Tage, is like fine wine, that guy. Yeah. Tage Thompson literally went from wine. just 
uh, a virtual unknown in the NHL last season to uh, 30, I think it's 37 goals 37 on the year. And 30, yep. He, yep. He's been outstanding this year. Um, absolutely love watching the Sabres and playing them on DraftKings this season. Wait, just, wait, just, wait, just wait, for wait. that top line. Brock loves <laughs> watching the Sabres. I, I, I enjoyed watching that top line when I played. I love games. it. I think yeah. it's good to hear you've changed your opinion on Buffalo. Right? Robert Thomas, Jeff Skinner, playing on that Tage Thompson line, ridiculously good. Thirty. Yes, for Brat, literally our favorite pickup of the year, didn't make this our top was five. So hard to do, boys. If he wouldn't have shut it down these last couple weeks, well, um, it's just it's just like you know, there's yeah. been so many guys out there that that have been good. Like you know, well, we had ahead- seventy points. He didn't even get a vote. I know. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. we were also ahead of the curve on Kadri and Duchesne as well. So we were, we're you know, he, I, yeah, to, get just him and Thomas were really similar to me. I like Thompson a lot. Um, he did have that stretch in the middle of the season where he did nothing for about two months. I think he had like three goals in like a 17-game stretch. But that also made him widely available come like New Year's when he really turned it on. Uh, yeah, 37 goals from the wire is ridiculous. But uh, that cold stretch, like Thomas didn't have that this year. Zuccarello didn't have that. Um, and yeah, it was right. Like T- Thompson, Brat, Thomas were all kind of in that same tier for me. I think Zuccarello in a category of his own. Um, and then, yeah, Duchesne. I, th- I think the, Huso and Kadri kind of in their own tier. The well. last guy you can add to that kind of tier, I think, is Jordan Cairo. Yeah, uh, a definitely. little bit more inconsistent. He's just but like he's a been... lesser man's. Yeah, but he's there. Thomas. A little so, more but... inconsistent is the thing yeah. with Kairou as well. Yeah. But Some of the sure. other really good pickups, we'll just drop their names and we'll talk about our top dogs here. Justin Falk, outstanding season from the back end. I think he's up to 16 goals. Lucas Raymond's been really, really good for the Red Wings. A little bit more quiet here in the second half. Michael Bunting's been outstanding all season long on the top line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Never Marner. Mo Sider really would have solidified your blue line if you were, if Never you were lacking in, in that category a little bit. Uh, or at that position early in the season. Rasmus Anderson, very consistent year uh, all season long, playing on that top power play unit for the Calgary Flames. Ryan Hartman on the same line as Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Not quite as good as Zuccarello, but also I believe he finished with, or he's at uh, 30 goals, 30 assists, somewhere around there right now. For Ryan fucking Hartman, boys. Yeah, very good season. (laughs) And then Troy Terry, obviously he's cooled off after a blistering hot start, but uh, he he, could have really, uh, you know, Got you to like ten and zero early in the season. Help you get off to a ridiculously good start. And you might have season. Might have traded him for like McKinnon or someone of that. Yeah, I mean, I hope you guys traded him because like there was never a more obvious trade or sell high candidate uh, than him. But what's crazy? Sorry to cut you off. Is Tage Thompson outscored Troy Terry? So with that start to the year, well, not outscored. Has outscored to this point thirty-seven to thirty-six. You know, not not to pee on on Troy Terry. You know, he had a great year, but it's hilarious to see that. You know, who would have thought Tage Thompson? Yeah, eclipsing him in both points, well, by far points, and now goals at this point in the year. Tate Thompson's awesome. I absolutely love watching Tate Thompson. Um, but Nazem Kadri, number one overall free agency pickup for us this season. 26 goals, 58 assists, 84 points in 68 games. I mean, we talked about it when he was in the middle of that stretch, like, he was literally a top five fantasy player at one point. Top yeah. one. Yeah. Like he was, yeah. he was leading the league in points. Yeah, yeah. He was incredible. Obviously has come back down to earth a little bit, was banged up for a little bit as well. But yeah. I mean, to have 84 points um, in 68 games, I mean, his previous career high was 61 points. Uh, and that was uh, six years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I don't, I, I really don't know what to say. Yeah. More I mean, than, than we, obviously everybody knows how good of a year he's had, but we were talking about Kreider, though, as, like, probably one of the biggest busts. Like, I think Kadri next year, uh, for those of you who don't know, he's on a contract here. So he's going to be on a new team for a shit ton of money. Um, and I think people are going to go nuts thinking, you know, this is the time he breaks out. 
I'll watch him next watch next yeah. year. But it I mean, totally depends where we'll he ends cross up, that right? Because he it, could end up getting more minutes. And, yeah, and I don't know if he could get more well, minutes. Played nineteen over nineteen minutes a night yeah, this year. He but, got a ton. Sorry, he could get first line minutes yeah, with, like with he, first line. I was like, I, imagine if yeah. I mean not. He's McKinnon missed thirty games too. Yeah, Nichushkin, Virokovsky, these guys that he's played a lot of minutes left there are guys that you know are definitely worthy of a top line role themselves. But it could work out depending on where he goes. But I agree, Beebs. I have him in a keeper league, as you know. And I am perplexed as to what to do with him. It's hard not yeah, to keep him. To I, you know, I, I think I'm, I definitely am going to keep him, but it's going to be, I'll be, be feeling, you know, I'll be feeling risky about it for sure. Cause the 238 30, shots was like a great side. I mean, that's, that's the most he's had in since his 61 point year yeah. there. Um, so, obviously. but yeah, I mean, you look at his two years he had in Colorado before this 36 and 51 and 32 and 56. So, yeah, who knows? It's definitely a blip on the radar. It looks like an anomaly right now, but the, you know, there's nothing. Everything he's had this season has certainly been earned. Um, but, yeah, it's still kind of concerning. It's, he's going to be one of the hardest players to project next season for sure. Without a doubt. Uh, number two on our biggest deals list was Matt Duchesne, who we talked about a lot in yeah. the early portion of the season, uh, playing on a line with Philip Forsberg and um, Mikel Granlin. And so good. We also saw a stretch there where it was Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, and Matt Duchesne. But the, the one constant was always – uh, Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne. They've been together pretty much all season long. They've been ridiculously good. Matt Duchesne, 41 goals, <laughs> 40 assists, 81 points in 75 games. Yeah, we're talking about a guy who's going to potentially give teams 42 and 42 off the wire, like 40-40 at least. He's already got there. That is wild. Um, I never see that. I kind of hated this guy before the season. He's done nothing but kill me in fantasy, left the abs, blah, blah, blah. But picked him up this series now. My number one FA pickup. Um, like I said, you know, we were talking about Philip Forsberg as a draft steal getting 40 and 40. We're now talking about the guy doing the exact same thing off the free agency. So it's it's, it's just so impressive. It's so awesome. And for someone who really, like, some of these other guys kind of made sense a bit because they haven't had the chance to have that ice time or they haven't, you know, they, they haven't had a chance to break out. But Duchesne broken out. He's, he's older. Like he, he's in, he's on the other side of the hill. And it's like that just kind of really unexpected. So yeah. good to see Matt uh, doing doing the goals, especially. Right. I think his yeah. previous career high was like 30 or something yeah, like I think that. It, 30? His yeah. previous career high was 30 30s. goals in 2016. Yeah. Sorry, 31 in 2019. Excuse me. The year he got traded to Columbus, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but since he's been in Nashville, like he's barely been a point every other game, right? Yeah, he's looked bad season. there. So like yeah, it was literally out of nowhere. I remember having even just a really hard time trusting it at the start of the season when yeah. you know I think he was at like twenty points in twenty games at the start. Yeah. I remember certainly would ne- yeah. I couldn't give him away. Like yeah. I literally just tried to package him yeah. as a piece, and nobody wanted him. And he's like, okay, sure. Yeah, you, sometimes you just have to eat that and be like, okay, I'll take the point per game player then, right? Because yeah, you can't sell too low on these guys because that's what he's been this year but i think another one like kaji that it's going to be so hard to project where he's oh, at yeah. this year um it'll be interesting to see where those uh early season adps kind of have these guys shaken out at because yeah like i said another guy where this is just completely out of nowhere everything this season looks great uh, but he's on the wrong side of 30 as you said just totally unexpected uh and the floor that he's shown in nashville is very very low so it's well i'm gonna need some help when i'm picking my 10th keeper next year because he is gonna be right there and i'm like yeah exactly the other thing too like obviously the first couple years in nashville he was playing like 16 15 minutes a night up up to 19 minutes a night this year they've obviously trust entrusted him a little bit more you never Uh, could defensively that's what it was he just was kind of a liability well playing with forsberg and uh playing forsberg all season long has certainly helped and the numbers do bear that out they've been terrific together all season long averaging over 30 
Uh, basically, 32 scoring chances, yeah. four per 60. It's, that it's, is just the line in general, though, in a team that's had a nice uh, bit of puck luck this season. Like we talked about Forsberg for all year long. As I mean, I was trying to trade him all year because, again, his on-ice shooting percentage is, is quite high compared to his career averages. Uh, and that line has a whole benefit from that. So I do think there is some regression coming there, Forsberg included. Yeah, I um, think but, every other you know, podcast we did, I'd get a trade from yeah, you on the way yeah. out with Forsberg and yeah, I, think, I loved it. <laughs> exactly. I think with Yossi as well, like it's just a, like we've got some players there that are obviously playing as well as they've ever had, and they're getting the puck luck to go with it. So they're all kind of just reaching the absolute ceilings of their production in the, in the same season. So it's fantastic. It's been great to see, but it certainly is worrisome for next season. Five years of bad luck just finally unleashed into good luck. For there you guys. go. Yeah. Uh, Billy Huso is the last guy we'll talk about here. Um, He's a really interesting case because uh, for a while early in the season, like I, like he was obviously pretty highly regarded by the Blues, um, but just really didn't have very good numbers both at the AHL or a, a short stint at the NHL level um, a season ago. He had an 8.93 across 17, uh, 15 starts, 17 games. But then this year, it's just been a completely different goal. He looks so much more comfortable, and he's been great. Uh, he's been absolutely outrageous for the Blues this season, going 25-6-6 six, six, with a 247 <coughs> goals against average and a 921 save percentage, 37 starts. Um, he's been just so good. And, and to find, like, like you said, we, we talked about him a little bit already, but to find somebody like this on the wire is basically unheard of. The last one would have been most likely Jordan Bennington. Um, so something in the water there in St. Louis, but... The way things are setting up here down the stretch, obviously, looks like he's their game one starter for the NH or for the playoffs, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he he handles that um, in, in a couple weeks' time. So yeah, and I made a lot of people's fantasy seasons, I'm sure, but also probably saved a ton too. He's just obviously was such a natural lifeline to Bennington owners, right? To to just oh, yeah. reach for him on the wire and. Uh, probably you got to him early, and then you know if you were a Bern- Bennington owner, didn't really have a reason to drop him, so you kind of reap the benefits the whole way through. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I grab stocks on this guy in every league, and I, I actually think I'm if I win these two ships, I'm gonna find Billy Huso. I'm gonna deliver him <laughs> the biggest cake he's ever fucking seen because this guy, like I, I mentioned earlier, I was kind of you know getting super excited, and I'm starting to shake again, boys, because it's just like the win. You got to win every night from him from there on out. It's so many people, myself included. If he doesn't come in and do that, I don't know if I even like win round one of the playoffs or even get to that point because he was stealing weeks on time where you know a lot of goalies. I uh, I'll fully admit I had full stock in Seattle to start the year attendees. <laughs> so someone like Billy Huso, that's how you really save a season, and um, and and I think that's why I was so high on him because he literally saved my seasons. Um, so yeah, I I love Billy. Um, I'm gonna keep him and I'm gonna probably regret it. Um, because you know. I don't see this happening. The fan but. vote. Matt Duchesne, number one free agent pickup this season. Very close to this vote. 29.5% of the vote for Matt Duchesne. 273 from Nazem Kadri. Third place, our boy, Matt Zuccarello. 11.4% of the vote. Uh, and then, obviously, just a, a couple votes across the board for, for the remaining uh, players. Now, let's close out. Let's bust, boys. Let's close out the 2022 <laughs> Fantasy Hockey Podcast season. Talking about the guys who disappointed the most. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Robin Lehner was our overall winner as the biggest bust this season. And uh, Dylan and I both had uh, him as our biggest bust. Dylan, or excuse me, Beebs, a little bit 
I will admit, went a little bit easier on. I uh, I didn't look at ADPs for this section. Um, <laughs> I was the first one to. Uh, that's an interesting. Da- that's an interesting thing to do when we're talking about busts. I'm gonna be honest. We got this information quite late, so I had to rush one section, and it was the bust section. Um, so I didn't see them, but looking back now, I would have Lehner as my biggest bust. Okay, well that's fair. He was the biggest bust overall anyway, so that is fine. We can we can allow that last second change. Um, just yeah. moving forward, let's yeah. look at ADP as we're talking about busts, and, and we'll be good to go. Our number two bust was a consensus overall number two bust. Philip Grubauer, 68 per, uh, 68th overall, uh, was his ADP, which is just gross. Uh, things probably going to change a little bit now that Beebs decided no, to No, Barzell would have been four, so he still would have been in third. Uh, okay, so Matt Barzell is our number three overall bust, and then Brandon Point, year, bud. our number four overall bust, uh, tied actually with Dougie Hamilton. So Barzell uh, would have been tied too. Yeah, it would have been a three-way. Three-way yes. ties for his biggest yes. fifth bust. But our shortlist, uh, guys that didn't garner quite as many votes but still deserve uh, deservedly enough on this uh, <laughs> bad, bad list of players is Jacob Chikrin, 88.6. Uh, you're away, Jake. Mark Stone, 42.3 uh, ADP. Mm-hmm. Max Pacioretty, 36.2 ADP. Boo. Jordan Binnington, 85 ADP. Boo. And Jack Eichel, 90 overall. Ew. So, uh, Robin Lehner, number one. Um, the reason, uh, I, I think it's pretty obvious here for Dylan and I, uh, and, and now Beeb's uh, worst, biggest bust of the season. Um, 19th overall is, is not only are you relying on this guy to be your goalie, um, to carry your roster, the bodies that you would have had to pass up on um, to, to to take him here is is outrageous. I'm just gonna just gonna read over who would have went around there. Alexander Barkov, 21st. Sidney Crosby, 22. Mika Zibanejad, 22. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, 27. Steven Stamkos, 30. Could have I taken mean, the Darcy list, Kemper Mack at the Chuck, same 35. spot. Yeah, Darcy Kemper went right after him. And you make the playoffs instead of your last place. Yeah, so you were you were more uh, like you were risking your forward position being a little bit less quality to ensure that you have a great goalie, and he has just shit his pants. Uh, for most of the season. Now, even you he hasn't out. been that bad, but he has not been anywhere close to as good as the 19th overall pick. Plus, I think he just hates the Daily Faceoff website. That he too, just hates yeah. Frank Saravalli. Well, um, yeah. But he now has finally gotten the surgery, so. Yeah, well, I mean, that is what it is. But, yeah, that's what I was saying before the show, right? Like, I mean, not only did, as you said, Brock, not only did you obviously, you know, pass up a lot of great players to get him, but you did so. Um, thinking like, okay, like this is how I'm building my team, right? Yeah. Like I'm gonna let some of these skaters go. I'll, I'll you know, take a, a back seat and maybe not have the most loaded forward core in the league, but I'll sure up my goaltending stats. Uh, and in you know, category leagues, you know, that'll give me a great fighting chance, a great backbone every single week. But in reality, it just puts you behind in goalie stats, right? Like this guy couldn't even deliver league average splits, uh, save percentage goals against both below average. Obviously, had some injury issues on and off, but just couldn't rack up that many wins as well. Um, so yeah, just like a terrible, terrible pick all the way around. Yeah. Uh, and you know, still a guy that even retroactively looking still would have got drafted for sure. Right. Oh, like yeah. When he played, he was worth starting 23 wins. I mean, uh, but yeah, a 907 save percentage, 2.83 goals against, uh, again, from a guy that you were really looking to help you steal the goalie stats week in and week out. Uh, if anything, just solidified a weakness for you out the gate. And again, put you, you know, in the passenger seat in terms of, uh, your, your skating core as well. So yeah, yeah just if honestly, Unless you picked up 
like a Markstrom very late in the draft and, and who so on free agents. Like there's you're probably very lost. few yeah, teams that are going to the finals this year with, with Laner and redraft leagues with Laner on their roster, just with yeah. where you would have had to take him. No, yeah. So that's why he's my biggest. Player. He was like one of three workhorses we could depend on to start the year too. Yeah. Um, that we talked about. And so uh, again, like you said, you know, a lot of people draft him like that. I know um, that's why Kemper felt like the yeah. riskier pick, right? Yeah. Like, I know someone even in our league went with, with, with only two goalies, which was probably a smart move at the time because you have Laner, you can roll with it yeah. and whoever the hell else you have, that's a starter. You're great. Um, and when he does this and you only have two goalies, if your other goalie falters, you, you just lost that whole, that whole week. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, like you said, I mean, he was taken in front of every single defenseman, but Kale McCarr. Well, so. you just think about like, like just where your team would be if you decided to on take draft anyone, day. but well, him. you just take, you take Barkoff, like, like you take Barkoff instead of Laner and then you grab a goalie a little bit later. Like your team is, is unbelievable unbelievably better excuse yeah. me like and it's it, just it's such a different it's like, crazy it such too because like you're not even talking about a reach there it's like like, like, like where we could someone would be like oh yeah. it's easier to say when you're looking back it's like no because no, Barkov would have been right there or Sidney so. Crosby right yeah. like yeah. I mean yeah exactly we're not we're not we're not talking about guys it's who, not like, hindsight overplayed yeah. yeah this was this was in front of you this is what card you were played yeah and this is but, why we talk about yeah. I, I talk about every single year like i just i will not take goalies early in redraft yeah. leagues no matter who it is like it could be vashilevsky yeah. he could be floating around like a round or two later than he is yeah i'm Even probably him, like, still right gonna now, pass you have him, you're getting crushed in yeah. the playoffs he's giving up mad goals exactly because they're just yeah. they're just so unreliable right like from it, it's just the way it is and the fall-offs when they happen they tend to be very steep they tend to be out of nowhere um and injuries tend to just obviously be totally uh team shattering so i just i don't like to invest too much in goalies and i think laner this year is the perfect example of that um and even like i said kemper going around that same place felt like the way riskier pick and we probably would have said if you want to go a goal early go with laner right and he felt like the safer play that team has been so good ever since they've been in existence uh but yeah there's just no safe picks out there when it comes to goalies yeah i will say like as much as you know like we could shit on him now like i would easily go back and say i, 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 I for sure was one where like at the time it was like why wouldn't this work i mean this team's amazing they are gonna get jack eichel at some point back yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, even, even Vasilevsky, right? Like Vasilevsky was great, but was it worth taking him as the sixth no. overall That's pick? That's what I was no. going to say. No. You, would, you, you no. could have got Austin Matthews instead of right. Vasilevsky. Yeah. Exactly, right? And so. so the one there, there's one thing that like, obviously we keep bringing up Markstrom. I think it's easy for us because we did like Markstrom where he was being drafted in the preseason. It made no sense to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's obviously a bit of an anomaly, right? Like next year, the guy who goes 133rd overall, yeah, but you can find be the number two goal overall, but there's always going to be some Something, every year. Yeah. There's always some quality. There's always a top 10 goalie, maybe not the second best goalie overall, but there's a top yeah. 10 goalie overall. That's that, that is drafted, but even not later. even like go to goalies right now, go to goalie ADPs right now. Like not yeah. even like 150, but even if you just Jari, wait, so, yeah, even if you just wait into that 90 to 100 range, Get some goalies that you feel really confident about Demko, playing for good teams, more importantly than anything, because that's the most reliable mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and you will find guys that hit, like Demko, uh, Yari, like we said, Bobrovsky was 115. Uh, is obviously perfect for that formula. You know, himself, his performances, individual performance, a little volatile, but a very good team there. Uh, Campbell, again, uh, we're going a little bit. Sorry, Campbell is 63. I thought that's at 83. But still, even UC uh, Saros at 60. Like, yeah. Like, you knew you you know you're getting reliable goaltending on a pretty good team. They've been better than I think a lot of people expected, but they were still expected to be, you know, above average. He, he was expected to start a lot of the games. He is terrific track record yeah um better than laners and you would have got him significantly later so this is just you know obviously this is the 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 fantasy wrap-up show but these are all 
things to remember going into next season because these trends continue year over year, right? And we talk about it. D specifically talks about how goaltenders are voodoo, and it really is very difficult to project them, and you might as well not invest your early season draft stock when you know that Alexander Barkov is probably going to score 40 goals and 60 assists next year. Let's not take whoever it is next year above him in, with the 19th overall pick. Things to remember, um, you know, it is April right now. Will you remember them come late September? Probably not. But that's, that's why we're, that's, that's why we're here. Yeah, we got you. Matt Barzell, uh, really, really bad year. Braden Point, not a very good year. Dougie Hamilton, not a very good year. Braden Point, I think it's a little bit, uh, uh, you know, obviously, I think, what did we say? He still has 58 points. In yeah, it, it's harsh on Point for sure. I, I Per game basis, he's still been a solid performer this season. Uh, but to me, it's the same idea where you look at the other guys that were going around where he's drafted. 18th overall. And I think if you, you just look, I mean, you could do it do for that. fun at home. But if you look at ADPs and you look through like the top 30 players, there's not a lot of busts in there. So if you did have uh, a miss like Laner or a slight miss like Point, who, yes, injuries were a factor. But at the end of the day, you drafted him in the second round and he gave you 58 points. It made it very difficult to compete this year because there just wasn't that many busts in the early rounds. Like there really wasn't. outside. The only guy that I would say... Uh, is a little bit busty in the top like 30 is, is maybe like well a skater wise is maybe Brady Kachuk yeah. but we we knew that was coming um yeah that's banger leagues but yeah. like yeah exactly outside of this like really there's not really a, a yeah Hellebuck's the only other one that would really be in consideration right and again obviously I know you're, you're looking at skaters in particular too but yeah so to me that's why I had to be harsh on point just because and again, it's not so much an indictment on him, but obviously injuries played a point or played a part in it. it played the busts were so yeah. few and far between that if you had one of those two guys on your team, it probably made it really, really difficult. Or you would have needed to just hit on some of these steals or pickups that we talked about and it would have made up for it. But and it put you behind the eight ball to start. I was going to say, I think my biggest issue with Barzell is that he didn't get hurt. That's why I had him up there because so many people just kept putting it in their lineup like, oh yeah, it's Matt Barzell. He's going to do good. I'd almost rather, you know, get hurt. Yeah. Don't keep fucking my team over. Um, let instead, me put you on my IR spot. So yeah. You don't get instead, there. he's gonna play every game. Yeah. And I mean, I would have dropped Barzal just like 16. I would have dropped Barzal like Gubrauer, like you talked oh, about, and I absolutely. know you did. But the difference with those guys is you didn't have to draft them as building yeah. blocks of your team, right? That, and that was for me. What and was again, Barzell like really games? harsh on point, but yeah. it it just it, I think again it says more about you know how yeah. consistent everyone else was near the top of the draft board this year. Barzal's ADP was fifty. Yeah. Like you could get some. Yep. units there definitely um, for a guy that you're dropping and and I, I i think i'm just so harsh on marzell and i think it uh, not not to blame other owners but so many people continue to just say you know barzell's great and it's like you, do you ever watch him it's like yeah sure he's flashy but he's never like he like well why does he get the respect that he gets um i mean i just i just it, a lot of it even was that a, it's like a lot of it was assists. a pretty slow season uh yeah. start to the season he did finish with 46 points in 53 games down 35 were assists though it's i like, think he's in the, just the worst yeah. spot possible better, too yeah, exactly, right like yeah. he is oh uh, if he gets traded go nuts yeah he is an incredibly talented creative player on a team that just with no goal scores does not encourage that i mean they can't right There's and then just, they also roll for it's lines, a very structured like, huh? team yeah like he always has to put in the work on the back end if he wants to see the minutes which is obviously you know i get that and i that's still a very obviously good thing to also does coach shoot. and grain into him but yeah right like he just doesn't like his numbers would be insane if he had goal scorers, you know, yeah. riddled around him in the lineup. If you had a legit power play unit to play put on, put up but like Magic Gorilla numbers. Look at his rookie year when he was playing with Tavares, right? Like, yeah. and it's just never he hasn't been the same since. Well, so. I think he did really well that second year too. I should walk th- back. This back is obviously this, like a, a ridiculous out there comparison, but if you put him in Braden Point spot on that top line, yeah, oh, it'd be a lot Kucherov, better. Yeah. And you'd be taking him 18th overall. Yeah, just like you'd be getting point. points production. Yeah, I'm, and I'm you, sure, and you, yeah. he'd be ripping it up. You'd imagine um, in that spot. He's but one of those guys. 
like like I don't know if there's anyone in the league I want to see get traded more almost because it's like yeah. he's so he is so fun and he's so like there's so much talent there. Welcome like, to Detroit. Baby. I'd be trying so hard to trade him this summer because I can't imagine his value ever getting lower than oh, it yeah. is right now. So. Detroit. There you go. Time to pound Stevie. Colorado, um, put him on the third line. Yeah. <laughs> Give him uh, Kadri's spot. Dougie Hamilton, I think, is the last one I we'll guess. really talk about here. You know, obviously we know Stone, uh, very injured this season. Pacioretty, very injured this season. Jacob Chikrin, very injured this season. Uh, the same Hamilton, quick point I want to make for Stone is just why I had to have him. He shit on everyone's team when he came back. And same as Pacioretty. They haven't done anything. Like, like Stone doesn't have a point since he's came back. Yeah. And a lot of people held him until the playoffs and dropped probably someone who was likely playing well. To bring in Mark Stone, who just is fucking them. Yeah. Um, so that's, I just want to say that's that. That's fair. They, all these guys, I think, were worthy, yeah. uh, worthy ads, yeah. and it got really tough to kind of narrow it down. For I just sure. think, like, the comeback to 11 games with no points or whatever it is, it's like, oh my God, yeah. dude. Clearly not. You, Dougie, Dougie. And he took up every single yeah. team who owned him, roster spot. You, yeah. You, no Dougie was a huge disappointment, too, though. Like, Dougie was the fifth or yeah. sixth and defenseman. People probably off the held board. him all year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. After. I could tell you I did, but he had After. again twenty nine points in fifty nine games, right? Yeah, so minus seventeen too easy destroying yeah. you in that. Like, Battled yeah. injuries and even when he played, you just weren't getting the value out of him. So yeah, it was and, tough. and I think like all I think it was pretty clear that there was going to be a little bit of drop off in his production moving to New Jersey from Carolina. But it, I don't think anybody saw this coming. You can very easily look to last season, right? Shortened season, they only played 55 games. The, the, the sample is basically the same. To drop off from 42 points to 29 points, um, it, it's pretty yeah. considerable. I mean, honestly, was it that clear? Like, he was moving into a spot where he should have just taken over. Like, well, in the, Carolina, the, he was taken over, but he had, like, I mean, you got six good deeds. I, I think, obviously, you weren't anticipating, you know, quite yeah. the same like, level I was expecting of production. Like, I think, like, uh, well, yeah, I, I think he was. the extra time. There's, there's room for the minutes to grow, yeah, and that just didn't the happen. extra time was what for it was. For sure. He yeah. was still being drafted, right, as, as, you know, the number six defenseman overall. So, uh, people were still anticipating. But we were there, to too. Like, we had him in our all top. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I agree. You know, I know. In my projections, I was expecting there to be a little bit of a drop-off, but not as big as it was. Obviously, injuries did play a factor, but the biggest issue for me was he really wasn't all that bad early on. Yeah, he was then good. Then he suffers yeah. that eye injury. Well, that's where he sometimes. you. Yeah. And then he comes back, though. He lost his power play top, power play spot to Damon Severson. Which is and ridiculous. he never got it back. He literally never got it back. At one point, they were together on the top power play unit. And then as soon as one of them got moved off to the second power play unit, it was him. He just never got it back, and he didn't do anything after that. And that was the real issue because he really wasn't that bad before he got hurt. I'm just trying to pull up what his numbers. So no, that's why it was so brutal because like before people, he got hurt, if he would have played bad, you could have just dropped him, and he could have not teased you. Before he got hurt, he had 20 points in 30 games. That's good. Pretty solid, oh, right? Drop Seven those goals. stats after he got hurt. Yeah, 20 points in 30 games. After he comes back, Ugh. doesn't see power play one time, he has nine points in his final 29 Look games. Look at those time on ice minutes. He's playing less than 21 minutes on a New Jersey yeah, Devils. It doesn't make sense. Hopefully fuck? he gets a clean slate next year. It would really be interesting to see where he falls because I, I think his name the is still going to keep him there, there too. And it's going to be a guy that I won't feel comfortable taking unless we see that role change because – I mean, sure, maybe you can, obviously, you know, you can find that production in Carolina playing 21 minutes a night and getting the power play time or not, but uh, ideally getting that first unit power play time. But it's not going to happen in New Jersey, right? Like, if he's not getting all the minutes and he's not getting all the power play time, like, the production is not going to be there. So where does he fall next year? And to me, next year, Ty fall? Smith probably moves power, power play one, right? You got to assume, or, like, someone like that. Like, yeah, I, I don't know about that. But I feel like David he's, that's all he still... does. Yeah. 
I don't even know if Ty Smith will be in the NHL next year. <laughs> Come um, on, now. Come on. Where does where does Dougie Hamilton fall next year? Like, is he going to be in the in the like Brent Burns territory now, where he just used to be great? Now people are doubting him, and he's going to be go, the like, same as PK. Like, what happened to PK? One thirty three, and like he's going to be a massive steal. Now? No, I don't. No, I think like his name is going to keep him up there. Like that's just how it works in yeah. fantasy hockey. Yeah, people I, are slow I, I, to the especially so D so too. You, you don't think he'll fall too far down the list? I think he'll no. be he like fifteen enough, to twenty. A lot of people too are going to look at those shots. Like that shot production's elite. I think um, I th- what I'm trying to get at fool people. What I'm trying to get at is I think Dougie Hamilton's going to be a huge steal next year. I do too. I don't. I if if it happens, I'm down. But I I don't think he's going to fall that much preseason. But like I even don't. if he falls to like the even if he falls to like defenseman number 15, 20, it wouldn't be far fetched to expect him to be. Um, Devils a top are going to be good. By the end of the season. When you've got Jack Hughes, again, obviously you had a really good year this year. you got Jesper Brad, you got Nico Kishir. I mean, that team is going to keep getting better around him. just depends how you paint the picture, right? Because I would say, you know, would you want him as your number two fantasy defenseman if he's on the second pair and second power play unit in New Jersey? I mean, obviously, I I would imagine that he will take over on the top power play unit. Would you ever have imagined that he'd be on the second unit under Damon Severson this season? I would not have imagined it. And he wasn't for the first half of the season. It was like he came back and couldn't see, and they were like, we can't have him on top unit because he's got one eye now. fair. Um, yeah, I feel like they. I will be closely following uh, the reports. Amanda <laughs> Stein's like closely hand drawn power play units in yes. training camp, and I will be. Uh, she still covers the Devils, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd be very interested in seeing, um, yeah, what that looks like in preseason. Be following it very closely because if it hasn't changed, and they're like, yeah, Severson, he's our power play guy, then I, I'm honestly going to want nothing to do with him. Yeah, I agree. Completely. No, that's totally fair. We we so- literally just read the numbers. How different it is if he's not on that top power play. Unit. Yeah. Um, okay, biggest draft bust for the fans. And then we will be on our way. We will be golfing. We will be enjoying our summer. It's not as glamorous as it sounds, but... <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. Um, some, this is going to do it. beer league summer puck where, you know, skate around with 60-year-olds. Speaking of Dougie Hamilton, biggest draft bust for the fans, tied at the top. Dougie Hamilton, 20% of the votes. Jacob Chikrin, another defenseman, 20% of the votes. Yeah, he was um, very bad. He My- was... Really bad, and his negative eight hundred. I think people really anymore. remember him as a bust too, because he was like one he of was the, the earliest ones where we were just like, just just drop him, like just. Yeah. He was too. Him and guy this year, it was like, oh man, Chitrin's coming out it's for yeah. sure. Fifteen goals from the back end. You're gonna him and Grubauer. It was like November first, and we were like, it's not happening this year. Like hilarious that I drafted them in both the leagues. Yeah. I'm in the finals, <laughs> but <laughs> I I cut bait early, and at the time, I remember like literally staying up at night, yeah. like fuck, should I have like Grubauer go? Should I think I Chitrin like could end up being one of the best deals next year if he gets a move somewhere. It'd be really interesting to see. Yeah, and no he doubt. was one of the top talked about trade deadline pieces. Just, so definitely just get him on a team where he's not going to tank my plus minus, and I can take the risk on him early in the season and, and playing him every night and letting him shoot the puck three times. And uh, you know, I'll be happy with the rewards that come with it. So it'll be the, interesting to see where he the ends Red Wings up. traded Pavel Datsuk's contract in order to trade the pick that was used to draft Jacob Chikrin. I wish they would have just held on to Datsuk's contract for a little they bit. They could longer. have Datsuk and Chikrin right now. Yeah, are you know, kidding right? Are you so cool, man? Can you, you imagine kidding? that powerful? Yeah, unit? unbelievable. But <laughs> anyways, that is going to do it for Season 7 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Uh, it's been a great year, and we look forward to, to many, many more good years. Uh, we've hopefully got some big plans uh, ahead for 2022-23 season. So keep an eye out. Keep it locked on Daily Faceoff as always. Uh, boys, it's as a pleasure, always. Um, we enjoyed bringing these. And, uh, I, you know, one thing that we kept looking at here down the stretch was the numbers and, and how many people were still listening to the episodes after they've been 
either eliminated or are still alive. And we're hoping still alive because the numbers really weren't dropping off. So uh, please be sure to, to reach out to us at DFO Podcast on Twitter. Uh, and just let us know if you won your championship. Because according to the numbers, there's got to be a lot of you guys still out there. So uh, congratulations if you, if you did. If not, no worries. We'll be back at it next year. We'll get you there. No doubt about it. So I'm Brock Seager. Thanks again for tuning in for Season 7 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Dylan D. Berthing, on my right. Michael B. Bondi to my left. Hey, See you back here next year. Hey, Good boys. Luck, guys. Breaking Bad only lasted five seasons, and we're on Season 7. So, you know. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.